All right, back to Jeremiah 32 uh, today. And uh, as a Christian, not just as a pastor, but as a Christian, uh, I'm oftentimes, uh, you know, talking to people about uh, whether it's politics and, you know, all the incendiary types of uh, topics, social uh, topics and things like that. Uh, People ask questions or I hear people talking about things and uh, I might uh, interject uh, sometimes unsolicited, uh, unsolicited advice. I'm really good at that. If anybody wants some unsolicited advice, just let me know, uh, and well, I'll be kind of soliciting it. But uh, but uh, I just uh, I feel like uh, that you know uh, I've got good things to say, and you need to hear them. Uh, and uh, and so I will offer advice, get myself in trouble. But through uh, these times, uh, I will uh, explain to people as a Christian uh, how I view. Um, end times, um, end time, you know, uh, prophecies, or uh, how I uh, deal with uh, trusting God uh, in uh, these crises, economic crisis, or uh, or health. I mean, I, as a Christian, I know that the worst thing can happen to me health-wise is for me to die. Uh, but uh, that's probably the best thing because uh, I'd be in heaven based on the promise of God's word, not on anything that I've done, but because I'm saved uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. I've placed my faith and trust in him. Uh, and, uh, but people who don't have the hope of glory in that aspect um, struggle with uh, wrapping their brain around things. So I, I say stuff all the time, and because I say it, um, I, believe, I, I say it because I believe it, number one, uh, and I'm confident in the word of God. If God says it, I believe it. It's settled. Uh, and, it's in, and he keeps his promises. And he has a timeline. And, uh, and I know what I'm supposed to be about as a Christian right now. And, and have confidence in that. I'm fully persuaded uh, in, in my mind and heart about that. Uh, but because I say it to people, um, they want to know uh, if I believe it. Uh, and so... If I've communicated to somebody about having peace that God only God can give in the middle of trying circumstances, uh, then the person who I've told that to um, is gonna is going to question my uh, truthfulness and credibility whether I really believe what I believe if my behavior doesn't line up with what I've said. If I'm filled with worry, uh, if I'm panicking, uh, and uh, you know the world is just. Uh, is just dealing in panic and fear uh, all the time. Uh, you know, right now with the Omicron, you know, thing, uh, it's uh, it's like, yeah, you can catch it, you can catch it a lot, you know, but it's like, but it's less than, you know, and we're, our minds are blown and you know, places are uh, going crazy uh, because uh, they are uh, they're just peddling fear. Um, and as a Christian, we shouldn't buy into. Uh, it, buy into it. You say, I shouldn't buy into the vaccines. Blah, blah, blah. No, don't buy into the fear uh, of everything because, when, because people are watching you. Uh, the people that you've shared the gospel with are watching how you uh, go through life and what you do. Uh, case in point is like, as a Christian, maybe you lose someone uh, and they go on into eternity uh, and they see uh, you or watch you through that process. Um, when we talk about having a uh, celebration of life, people don't, people don't get that. They don't understand what, what's to celebrate. Uh, when we talk about home goings and reunions or uh, to be with our Savior, uh, somebody who doesn't believe the Bible, 
Um, they, don't, they don't quite understand why you're not, you know, you know losing your mind. Or um, I've been at places where people like, you know, almost crawling into caskets uh, because they're so distraught uh, about what they're going through. As a Christian, it should be different. So what we say, or the phrase, the expression is, practice what you preach. Uh, it, it, to be fair, uh, and kind of tied in uh, to what's going on here. So with Jeremiah, um, he was a preacher. He was a prophet. Uh, and, uh, and for sake of time, all the way up to chapter number 32, especially in chapter number 31, you can look back just there just for a moment. Uh, in chapter 31, in verse uh, 31, uh, it says this, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. We know that Israel, God's children, time and time again, even though God was a husband to them and they would, they would commit spiritual adultery, idolatry, bring in idols ultimately into the temple of God, uh, itself, uh, and God judges that. Uh, it is irreverent, impious. Uh, he, he's not having it. He says, you'll have no other gods but me. Uh, and then we push the limit uh, with, and Israel did it. We do it too. Uh, we all have idols uh, in our lives that shouldn't be there, things that will keep us from the love of God, uh, and, uh, and we, we know what those things would be in our life. Uh, so he had been preaching that God is going to judge Israel. He was preaching that God was going to bring them into captivity because that's what God told him to preach. It was not a popular message. Uh, and uh, at this time, God is in the process of, of doing that very thing. This is right before the Babylonian uh, captivity. Uh, and uh, and he, is, he is preaching all this stuff. Uh, and, uh, and, he's in, and he's in jail for it. Back into chapter 32, the first part says, verse 1, the word, of the, uh, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, for then the king of Babylon's army besieged Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the prison, which was in the king of Judah's house. And for Zedekiah, king of Judah, had shut him up, saying, Wherefore dost thou prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I'll give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall take it. And Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape out of the hand of the Chaldeans, but surely, uh, shall surely be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylonians, uh, and shall speak with him mouth to mouth, and his eyes shall behold his eyes, and he shall lead uh, Zedekiah to Babylon, and there shall uh, he be. And, uh, and, and so he's, he's basically saying to the king, that, uh, that Babylon's going to come uh, and they're taking over. Uh, we're going in, and, uh, and this is already taking place. Uh, the Babylonians have encompassed the city of Jerusalem. So it's not like throwing Jeremiah in jail is going to change the score. Um, it's, it's just kind of one of those, you know, uh, shoot the messenger, you know, kind of things. They didn't, he was preaching, people weren't listening, uh, he, is, he is prophetically preaching the Babylonian captivity, uh, and, uh, and he's, he's communicated that. Uh, the king doesn't like it, so he locked him up uh, in jail, uh, and that's where he was. Uh, so Jeremiah is in jail, Judah is at war, uh, Jerusalem is surrounded 
by the Babylonians, uh, and, uh, and it's a mess. And on top of that, uh, we have this story. Now, what if I was to say to you, and again, people come to me as a pastor, uh, and part of my responsibilities is to pray for, uh, to give advice, uh, uh, sometimes unsolicited, uh, many times uh, so people come and they're getting counsel. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors uh, that there's safety. But most of the time when people come to me, it's just to communicate to me their intentions. It's not to ask for, for advice. That's not getting counsel. They say, oh, you know, pastors want to let you know, here's our intentions, uh, and they want to know uh, really what I think about it. Uh, and really at that point, it doesn't really matter because if I say, you know what, I really don't think you should do that. They're going to go, well, I appreciate, I appreciate your opinion, uh, and I don't know, I don't So uh, they, they don't get advice. Uh, they communicate what their, their intentions to do. So let's say, uh, and they say, we prayed about it, or they'll, they'll say, God told me. God told me I was going to do this. So what if you came to my office today after church and said, Pastor, can I talk with you? Yes. Um, I was praying, uh, and God told me, uh, that, uh, that I should um, invest um, finances and buy, uh, buy some property. Uh, and um, it's a great, Pastor, it's a great deal. Um, it's a steel, uh, smoking deal. Really, where is it at? It's in, it's, uh, Pastor, it's in Kabul, Afghanistan. Um, I mean, it's a lot of potential. Uh, and uh, just, uh, uh, you know, it's not really a great place, right? It's a, it's a war zone. Um, but, but God told me to do it. Now, uh, a lot of times people pray or they come up with an idea and they might think that's a great idea and they didn't pray at all and they say that God told them to do it um, and God didn't tell them to do it. Uh, but, but even if, if you had... Now, part of the message of today could be um, you need to have enough spiritual credibility that when you say God tells you to do something, that people believe that. Think about Noah building an ark, right? Uh, and, uh, and people didn't get on the ark, but his family got on the ark. He had enough spiritual juice, if you will, enough spiritual credibility that when he talked about the Lord sending judgment, uh, that his, his wife and his sons and wives all got on the boat. Uh, and uh, so we need, to, we need to kind of, a takeaway, if I don't get into it, needs to be, if you say God told you to do something, and you communicate that to somebody else, will they believe you? Do you have enough spiritual credibility to be believable in that situation? Uh, so let's say even if you did, um, most people are like, that's crazy. Why would you do that? It's like you're just throwing your money out. Is that a scam? Like, who talked you into that? Well, you know, somebody came by uh, and, uh, and made an, an offer to me and it was uh, an offer I couldn't refuse, uh, and, and so I just, I just locked up a bunch of, um, you know, waterfront property in Afghanistan uh, and, uh, and, uh, and just wanted to let you know so you could pray about it. Uh, and uh, but, uh, it sounds crazy, but that's really what this story is about. Jeremiah in jail for preaching, uh, Judas at war, city surrounded, and then we have one of the craziest real estate deals um, recorded in history uh, in this passage of Scripture. Uh, you say, Pastor, I'm really not you know, impressed with real estate information. That's okay, uh, it, um, uh, it, but it's going to teach us a very important truth. 
uh, today. All of, all of the Bible is there for that. And, uh, and, you know, we get, you know, uh, Sarah not being able to have a, a, a baby in her old age and, and God uh, does the impossible because it's not impossible with him. Is anything too hard uh, for the Lord is the question and it's rhetorical and the answer is no. But we kind of, we understand that. Um, but, but we take this verse, kind of rest it out of the context of Jeremiah uh, and quote it knowing, knowing what it means uh, but there's an important thing uh, to see. So let's look at that. Verse number six. Are you with me? Say amen. Uh, so um, uh, Jeremiah was right. Um, the Babylonians are coming. Uh, and, but he's preaching. The Babylonians are coming. They're going to take over. And in one day, God's going to restore Israel. Um, he is going to give us the land. Uh, and, uh, and, and no one's going to ever take it away. And that's what he's preaching. Bad stuff's coming, but here's what God said is going to take place. And he's in jail. And then, and then here comes uh, his uncle. Verse number six, And Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Behold, Hanamiel, the son of Shalom, thine uncle, shall come unto thee, saying, Buy thee my field that is in Anathoth, for the right of redemption is thine to buy it. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, there, uh, if property came available, there was kinsmen type things. And so people would go, you think about the story of Ruth, kinsman redeemer. Uh, uh, there is a whole process involved. The nearest kinsmen uh, had rights to, um, uh, to certain properties, obviously, sometimes uh, people, wives. Uh, so if a, a, a woman's husband passed away, uh, they would find a, a, a nearest kinsman that would, uh, would uh, perhaps marry them, take care of them. Uh, and there's just a lot, lot involved uh, with all of that. Uh, and that's where we're at. Uh, so as uncle comes, uh, God says, your uncle's coming. And he's going to offer you a piece of property in Anathoth, which is three miles outside the walls of Jerusalem. It's already taken over by the Babylonians. Okay. Uh, and so God, God told him, this is what's going to take place. He's coming, to buy, he's, he's saying, buy thee my field that is in Anathoth, for the right of redemption is thine to buy it. So, so Hannah Meal, mine uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison, according to the word of the Lord. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but I think about this. This is probably, uh, you know, uh, the most insensitive, opportunistic prison visit uh, that uh, you'll ever see. I mean, everybody's, everybody's bailing. People are going to Egypt, uh, other places. This guy, this guy probably asked everybody in his family to buy the property, and nobody, who wants, who wants property in Anathoth? The Babylonians have it. Hey, I got this great deal. You want to buy this property? Uh, and he's trying to make some fast money to get out of town. So he goes, I know, um, you know, this is him thinking. Remember, uh, we can think about the story of Joseph. I mean, what, what, what men mean for evil, God can mean for good. God works in the affairs of men. And so God told Jeremiah in jail, uh, your uncle's coming. and He's going to ask you this. Then lo and behold, here comes, here comes the uncle and says, I got a great deal for you. Uh, and, uh, and he's thinking all he's thinking. And it's probably going to be, you know, you know, a hard sale, uh, and he's in prison. Uh, so he, he gets in there, and he, and he gives them the spiel. Uh, by, by my field, I pray thee, that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is thine, and the redemption is thine. Buy it for thyself, 
then I knew that I was, that this was the word of the Lord. Because, so God said, he's going to come and then he shows up. So he's taking this as of the Lord. God's telling him to do it. Makes no sense. Uh, and, uh, and so he agrees, verse 9, and I bought the field of Hanameel, my uncle's son, that was in Anathoth, and it weighed, uh, and weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver. And I subscribed the evidence and sealed it, took witness. And it goes through a bunch of um, legal things that they would do at that time uh, for the, the deeding of property. Uh, verse 12, And I gave the evidence of the purchase unto uh, Baruch, the son of Neriah, the son of uh, Manasseh, in the sight of... Uh, so it's a bunch of, uh, of, of legalese, if you will. Uh, and... Uh, before all the Jews that sat in the court of the prison. Verse 13, And I charged Baruch uh, before them, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these evidences, this evidence of the purchase, both which is sealed and this evidence which is open, and put them in an earthen vessel that it may, be, that may continue many days. Uh, so it's kind of like putting in a time capsule. So here's the legal documents. I just bought some awesome property in Anathoth. Uh, in a war zone. Babylonians taking over. Uh, and uh, so here's the deeds, uh, and uh, put them in a, in a pot uh, and, and bury it uh, so that there's um, um, verse number 15. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. So God said, this is going to happen. Guy shows up. He buys it, 17 pieces of silver. They, they write the contract. They put the contract in an earthen vessel, uh, hide it, bury it, whatever. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and that's a way that they would, would keep. They didn't have safes and you know, whatnot. Uh, and uh, you think about things like how they would find the Dead Sea Scrolls in, in an earthen vessel buried somewhere, uh, something like that. Is everybody with me? Say amen. Got to hurry. Uh, and so he, he does this. Uh, and then, you ever heard the phrase buyer's remorse? Uh, we've all experienced it. Uh, you buy something and regret it. Uh, and, uh, and, and why I mention that this way is because the next verse, when it says, Ah, Lord God, it's not like, uh, this isn't like a, an exciting um, phrase. This isn't a, you know, ah, uh, you know, uh, he just thought of something. This is a, a, a phrase, it's a sigh. Uh, it's a, it's a, a sigh says, ah, Lord God, it's a sigh, it's a sigh of unbelief because he just bought property uh, in, a, in a place where, and by the way, um, Jeremiah never sees um, any of this come to pass because he dies. Um, and so he didn't, he didn't go back there and build a house on the property or anything. Um, he ends up he ends up dying. That's irrelevant to the story, uh, but uh, just to kind of put that out there, he says, "Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, uh, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Uh, I just did something crazy because you said to do it, and, uh, and nothing's, too, nothing's too hard for you. Then he goes through and, and he says, uh, and, and really talking about how good God is and what he has done and his loving kindness to thousands. Uh, and he says that he's going to, verse 18, um, uh, he's going to recompense the iniquity of the, their fathers. He's a loving God, but he's also a, 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 a just God who exacts judgment. Uh, great in, in counsel and mighty in work. Uh, and, he, and he just kind of rehearses uh, how good God is. Uh, and uh, in verse number 24, it's kind of 
silly, but he almost, he's, he, when he says, behold the mount, he's like, he's saying, God, he says, God, if you, just, if you just look over to Anathoth, um, you're going to see that where you told me to buy it, that's the Babylonians live there. Uh, and, uh, and they are coming to the city to take it. The city is given to the hand of the Chaldeans uh, that fight against it because of the sword and the famine. Uh, in verse 25, And thou hast said unto me, O Lord God, buy thee a field for money and take witnesses, for the city is given into the hand of the Chaldeans. Uh, and, uh, and then God answers them and says, in our text, Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, is there anything too hard for me? So the story goes on, and, and we'll spend maybe some more time in that uh, this, uh, this afternoon. Uh, but, uh, but here's the main point uh, that I want us to take uh, from the message today. Um, there are uh, times in your life right now, as one of them, uh, where you need to practice what you preach. Or let me put it this way, put your, uh, in this context, put your money where your mouth is, uh, is the is amoral of this story. Like you're preaching uh, that uh, God is going to uh, bring you into captivity and judge, and that one day he's going to restore everything. It's like, yep, that's, that's what I, Jeremiah, yep, that's what I believe. Uh, Babylonians are coming, uh, and, but one day, I mean, don't worry. Uh, it's going to be bad. There's 70 years of captivity and, and all that's involved with that. But in the end, God's going to restore uh, and uh, we're going to be back in this land. And you can read elsewhere in this text uh, where, where once God restores it, uh, he's given Israel a promise that that kind of thing ain't going to happen again. Uh, and we can think about you know, end time stuff and, and whatever and with Israel and all that's involved uh, with the prophetic uh, things, but even uh, quickly jump ahead to verse number 37 uh, in, in this chapter. It says, Behold, I will gather them out of the countries whither I have driven them. Now remember, the exile hasn't even taken place. But God says, uh, I'm going to bring them from the countries that I've driven them. Uh, and uh, and uh, in mine anger and in my fury and in my great wrath, I will bring them again unto this place and I will cause them to dwell safely and they shall be my people and I will be their God and I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever uh, for the, uh, the, the good of them and for their children. Uh, make a covenant uh, and they will not depart from me and God uh, lays out uh, these promises. So this, this, what he's saying about being driven is a, is a prophetic uh, um, uh, perfect. It's, a, it's an exile that hasn't taken place. This is what he's preaching. And so it's like, hey, Jeremiah, is that what you believe? I believe it with all my heart. All right. Here's what I want you to do then. Um, I want you uh, to buy some land in Anathoth. Well, hold on a second. Um, well, do you really believe that I'm going to come back and restore it? Well, I, I believe that's what you said. Okay, then buy the land. And what he was doing with Jeremiah in this instance is using this uh, purchase as a symbol uh, of, of, of what he had been preaching. So it's kind of like um, when, when people are packing up and they're leaving. You know that crazy prophet Jeremiah in jail? You know what? I just heard about this. They're just talking about it at Walmart. Um, his uncle went there uh, and, uh, and sold him uh, some, some land in Anathoth for, for 17 pieces of silver. Really? Is he, is he dumb? 
Like, why would he, why would he do something like that? Because he says, one day we're coming back. You say, you know what? That's what he's been preaching this whole time. I guess he must really believe it. Are you with me? And so God uh, will put us in circumstances to test our beliefs. Our belief should drive our behaviors. So when we say we believe something, uh, then there are going to be things that God uh, will ask of us to do, and many of them He's already asked, uh, and we just need to, we just need to do it. Now, uh, to uh, kind of illustrate it, uh, we believe... Uh, we believe that, um, well, we believe that if to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we know that uh, when we die a physical death, our soul uh, is in the presence of God. Uh, and that gives us hope um, and that takes the sting out of death. That's what we believe. That's what we communicate to people or should uh, because we're supposed to comfort one another with these words. So somebody that you know uh, dies uh, and their loved one is grieving and you, and you say things like, you know what? He's in a better place. And one day, um, if you know the Lord, because not everybody's going to have a reunion, one day, if, you'll, if you're saved, you'll, you'll see them again. And, uh, and, and you'll, 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 because you believe that. Uh, and, then, and then somebody that you love dies and you lose your mind. I don't know what I'm going to do, and I just whatever, and uh, and uh, and we and we all grieve in different ways, and uh, and uh, and and the people that you said that you comforted with words over here are going, whoa, 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 wait a second, you must not really believe that, uh, because because our our actions speak louder than our words, so more than anything that Jeremiah preached, him buying that piece of land spoke volumes. Uh, to, to what he truly, truly believed. Now, he did it because he's obeying God. And, he, and, he, and went, after he'd done it, he's like, huh. it's like, Lord, you're awesome, and you do great things. But if you look over the mountain, over the mounds, um, this, whole, this isn't making a whole lot of sense to me. you got to help me out here. Uh, and God says, Jeremiah, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is it everything, is, 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 it imp, is it impossible? He says, I am the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? And, and, and it's like, no, because <laughs> that's the answer. The answer is nothing's hard too hard for God. So God can, 70 years later, uh, restore that land in Anathoth when Jeremiah isn't even around because God always keeps his promises. But we need to take this principle and apply it to our life. Um, we, we, don't think, we don't think that God can fix our, our, uh, our pro- the problem in our marriage. Uh, when, 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 when he says there's nothing's, nothing's impossible, uh, and he says if you want to have a, 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 a marriage that I'll bless, then you, you do this. And he says in Ephesians 5, and uh, husbands, you do this. Wives, you do this. You submit yourself one to another in the fear of the Lord. And, uh, and uh, you know, but, but, uh, God, I have, a, I have a child or a loved one and, uh, in the thralls of addiction. How will they ever be able to, uh, to get over that? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Well, no, there isn't. Uh, and uh, he says, here's what we should do. Are you, are you praying? 
Are you bearing burdens? Are you, in, in, in the sky's limit, I could give you a, a hundred different illustrations, but I know right now there are people in this room who seem to have an impossible situation in their mind that isn't an impossible one for God. And you simply got to trust Him and obey Him. Um, this was an act of obedience confirmed by God saying, here's what, here's what you need to do. Uh, and that always helps, right? Uh, but, uh, but if this, like Jeremiah, um, uh, and all this happened in jail. And the whole story is crazy and odd. But when people are like, hey, um, Jeremiah, why did, why, did you, why did you buy that land? Because it's gone. I mean, you can't, even, you can't even go over there and look at it. It's already, the Babylonians have, you know, they've taken over. Why did you do it? Because God told me to. Um, great, I mean, uh, you know, uh, but, um, but, but why? Because one day, um, he, he, he made this promise, and God always keeps his promises. So he told me to do it, and so I'm going to do it. And, and, uh, and, and that's just it. But we... We look at Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, and uh, uh, as sometimes as a crazy guy, the, the stories like this don't seem to help uh, when, we, when we think about it. But it's, it's, it's not even profound. It's just so simple. Um, we, just need to, we just need to obey God in our marriages, in our families, in our life. Uh, everything from, well, you know, if, if we just had faith promise missions. God says, do this. And you're like, I don't know if I can do it. Holy Spirit goes, is anything too hard for the Lord? No. And then you just, you perform the, the doing of it. You just obey God and you do it. When somebody says, well, I don't, you know, um, you know, why would you give, why would you give money to somebody in, you know, in, uh, in Africa when money's so tight here for you? I mean, you were just talking about you know, having, you know, your kids got to get braces and something and, and, uh, and you don't know where the money's going to come from. Well, what about not giving that? Well, I got to give that. Uh, why? Because God told me to. But why? Because he says it's seed uh, given to sowers uh, that brings fruit and people get saved. Uh, and, uh, and that's what he says he's going to do and what he's promised. And, I, and, and uh, uh, you know, and... I mean, you could put braces on your kids and they get them off and get whacked in the face with a baseball uh, you know, or something the next day and all that money goes down the drain. You know? uh, and uh, there's no promise return on, uh, on that, but there's always a promise return for God. And so, so whatever it is that you think you can't make it through because it's really impossible, it isn't. With God, all things are possible. Um, and if, and if, you, if, if, if God is telling you through his word to do something, you just do it. And with all the confidence in the world knowing that God's going to come through because he said he would. And when somebody around you goes, you're crazy. What, you do, what you're doing makes no sense. You know, great. You got, you got swindled. And you know what? His uncle probably went out of, out of prison like, man, what a, what a schmuck. It's like that whole thing, you know, I got, I got you know, uh, a bridge in Egypt or whatever people would say, those phrases we do, and I got some, you know, because people are gullible, and, uh, and so he's like, hmm, what should I do? Um, let's go talk with Jeremiah. Hey, gotta, he's like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Get Baruch, let's sign the paperwork. And he probably, guy's walking out of there, 
leaving town, and it's like, what a moron. Uh, but he wasn't. He was obeying the Lord. And, uh, and I've got people in my life um, who question what I do for God often. Um, but they're wrong. And, uh, and I'm thankful uh, for these obscure passages, and I hope that if you're in an impossible situation that you, can, that you can be encouraged today to obey the Lord. Let's all stand, and our heads are bowed, and uh, our eyes are closed, and you, you're here today, and you say, Pastor, um, I've got something in my life that I'm going through uh, that, that for all practical purposes seems to be an impossible situation. And, uh, and I acknowledge that today by a lifted up hand. Um, I'm going through something, and it's just it's hard for me right now. Uh, you just raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I don't know how my friend or my family member is going to get through it. It seems like it's just it's got to be a miracle, um, a miracle healing, uh, a, a, a intervention of God on a grand scale, and I just don't know. Um, would you, by prayer today, just spend some time with the Lord at the invitation time and just asking God to intervene and do it? Because with Him, uh, nothing's impossible. Um, but maybe God has told you uh, to obey Him by faith in some way connected to that, and you haven't done it. Uh, and, uh, and it just goes way against what you've communicated to everybody around you. Uh, I'd say, let's, let's practice what we preach. Uh, maybe you're in despair uh, over the coronavirus and everything else, and you, and, and you, and you communicate that to the people around you, um, maybe you ought to commit to the Lord today to trust Him uh, and, uh, and to live in faith and not fear uh, because we have God's promise, uh, His promise return. Uh, we know that He is in control. He's a sovereign God, and our behavior needs to line up with that. I don't know how God's spoken to you, but if He has, let's spend a few minutes in prayer. As the panel begins to play, you can kneel where you are. You can come up here. Uh, but you, you have uh, uh, people in your life that are watching you as you go through uh, your situations and circumstances. And, and it could be that... <clears throat> that our failure to obey the Lord in those times is what really resonates with people in a negative way. It's getting in the way of, of, uh, of them coming to the Lord, perhaps. It could be any number of things. 